Hey everyone, I'm Sean. And I'm Tiff. And today on The Random Division, we are talking about... I don't really know how to summarize this. <laughs> this isn't the normal format for us. This is so... We are, we've decided because The Bachelor won't be starting until January that we wanted to finish out the year by uh, focusing on the last decade. And we've divided this into topics such as TV shows, movies, music, pop culture, uh, technology, fashion. yep, fashion. So this particular episode today, we're beginning with television, where we are focusing on television that has uh, predominantly taken place from 2010 to, to now. So for the last nine years, roughly. Um, so yeah, but basically Sean and I have ranked our, our five, our top five television series, right? Yes. Okay, good. Cause I have five, I actually have nine, which is terrible, but because I can't make choices. I have five and Sean has five and we haven't discussed them with one another. So we're going to record ourselves. That's what we're doing right now, Tiff. While, <laughs> while hashing out what we believe are the best uh, television series of the last decade. Yeah. So if you, as you're listening to this, if you have in your mind a, your own top five and you disagree with ours or you agree with ours and you want to kind of participate with us, um, you can follow us on Instagram at the random division um, you can also email us at the random division pod at gmail.com so if you're listening to any of these whether it's this one or ones down the road and you want to uh, have your voice heard and your opinion heard we would love to hear from you and uh, we will definitely give you a shout out on on the podcast yes but we'll only give you a shout out if you truly advocate for your pick you have to explain why you think it is the best, or it should be mentioned. So Tiff's giving you extra homework. Yes. I, I think just I think just sending a list. We just want anyone to interact with us in any way possible. No, I need I need extra work. Um, but that's inst that's uh, the random division on Instagram, and also the random division pod at Gmail, and um, you must write at least five hundred words. Is that a good Tiff? Ha ha ha. Yeah. 12, 12 Do you miss grading size, papers? size 12 font, one and a half spaced. Uh, I prefer AMA format. Yeah, footnotes. Uh, must cite your sources. Always. A bibliography is required. Yep. I'm glad. I'm <laughs> Am I getting all the things? <laughs> you got it. Yeah, you got all okay. of it. Okay. So you should have a good title. Title page? <laughs> <laughs> Bound. Uh, so do you want to begin? Yeah, so, we're, so we do have five shows, but I also just think... It's, it's worth talking a little bit about just how TV has changed over the last 10 years because it has changed a ton. Um, and I thought it would, be, it would be worth just kind of talking about TV and how we watch TV, how maybe we remember watching TV when it was 2010. You were a couple years out of college. I was more than a couple years out of college. I definitely used my DVD player more in 2010. Yes. So that's, that was, that's the first kind of thing that I noted um, as I just thought about the last, this, this decade. Like uh, I think, streaming versus cable. Yes, I think 2010 was the first year that I stopped doing, that I changed my Netflix account over to streaming only. Because I okay. remember getting 
the DVDs from Netflix probably until 2009. And then I think 2010, it was like only streaming. But at that point, streaming was, it wasn't as easy to do through your TV. No, it wasn't. You didn't really stream through your, you weren't streaming through your TV. No, you couldn't stream through your TV until you got Apple TV. Yep. Which... Or Roku. Yep, and I don't know. I, and I have I a segment on that for our technology episode. But so when did Apple TV? When were those little boxes uh, released? So Apple TV came out. I don't know when it officially came out, but I remember that in twenty. I think it was two thousand ten. It was like one of the most popular Christmas gifts. Okay. Yeah, Apple TV was a two thousand seven, March of two thousand seven. So it was around for a few years, obviously. Um, in 2010, but I don't even think it had much oomph to it. No, there, there weren't there really weren't any... many things you could do with it other than you could play your phone, your Apple devices onto your television, essentially. You could project them. Yeah, and so that's how you would typically watch it and watch anything that wasn't cable TV. So, I, so the other thing that I found as I thought about this decade is it's the first one that I didn't spend any time in a school. You know, I graduated from college in 06. So I have these like windows of time that I can relate to a certain year of school, whether it's junior year, this is a thing. Like we watched Lost in college and then the first few years out of college. So I have like things to give me a point of reference. This past 10 years, I don't, ha- I don't have those same points of references. I just I- have 10 years of my life from 26 to 36 that I had like nothing is tethering me to a certain time frame. And so I had to look up when shows started because I was there shows I was thinking about that <laughs> definitely did not fit the criteria of being something that was was in this decade. So, okay, I I can relate to that because it's the same for me. Yeah. Like this was the first decade that I didn't have a significant um well, I don't want to say significant life events. So like basically how I'm determining television shows of this last decade is depending on my timeline of our relationship. Yep. Because outside of college, like you're the next phase of life, I guess. Like that's kind of concrete. Right. So it's other than that, I'm just thinking of places I lived. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. And I've lived, and I've also lived in this apartment for the right. last 10 years. Right. <laughs> like I moved in here in 2009. So, so rather I don't than have boring a, everybody with the details of our No, but I think it's decade. an interesting thing if this is the first one of, that we're, that we're talking about, just like how we view this decade and how it's, it's just different. It just feels, it just is like the first one of our lives where we don't have these little four-year chunks of time that we can relate to things and we're experiencing things differently because we don't live in a dorm or with a group of our friends right where we might be watching something together um as like appointment tv which was such a popular thing to do i mean i guess for anybody who was ever in college with or in high school you got together weekly and watched a show of some sort yeah which i don't think exists as much anymore and that's another thing i thought because now everyone just binges it it's at your fingertips. You can watch an entire season. Right. So in 2010, do you know how many streaming su- subscribers there were for Netflix? Mm, I, I have this no up. idea. You did way more homework than me. No, this is like, this was the, this was the brunt of my homework. I did a little bit of award show looking up to. Well, how many Netflix subscribers overall? 
Don't I, that see? I didn't do that much homework. I just I looked up. I just found the streaming numbers pretty quickly. Okay, five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand streaming subscribers. Subscribers in two thousand ten uh, times forty. So there's tw- there were twenty million people who were subs- who were streaming Netflix in two thousand ten. Twenty wow. million. Okay. Um, five hundred thousand. What is, is that like? Seven. Answer. Seven percent of the population. Um. Yeah, just about because we got like 350 million people, uh, 330 million people. So then 2011, it doesn't really, it goes to 25. 2012, it goes to 33 million. Um, and then 44 million in 2013. So it just kind of is growing pretty steadily. And then the big jumps came from 2015, there were 74 million. And then there were 93 million in in 2016. So that's almost like they added 20 million people over the course of 2016. And now in 2019, there are 153 million subscribers to Netflix streaming services. Well, that, and that doesn't include the people who are stealing passwords. Right, but that coincides with Netflix producing their own shows. If you look at the timing of when Netflix started producing their own series it probably, their subscribership probably went up astronomically when they started introducing shows like Stranger Things and, you know, Netflix exclusive shows. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean... Which was a new, which is also a thing of this decade. That's like, that, you know, Apple's coming out with shows and Netflix is coming out with shows and now streaming services, Amazon. Yep, yeah, they're pouring money into into making TV. And so that leads people to cut cable. Um, it leads people to subscribe depending on the shows that they want to watch. Like I know people who, after Game of Thrones finished, they were they called up HBO or went online on the following Monday and unsubscribed. You, I like how you said HBO. called up HBO. I know, I know, like I any of us actually call <laughs> yeah, to cancel anything. Um, Hi, excuse me, HBO member services. Yes, I'd like to cancel my subscription. Why? Uh, Game of Thrones is Game over. Game of Thrones is over. Um, please hold. It's like that doesn't happen. We just go online, and if we can't do it online, then we just let it keep withdrawing from our bank accounts. Yeah, or we change our card. Right. Um, yeah. So streaming, and then we have YouTube, Netflix, we have Amazon. There's Hulu, uh, which has a you know endless supply of stuff. So our our watching habits have changed. Um, even just with regards to movies and TV, like how many movies do we watch? Well, just you and I. that's actually something I was going to mention. I used to, I would say 2010 to 2012, I had a DVD player, first of all, which is ridiculous if I think about it. And I used to, ridic- I don't know why you think that's ridiculous. Because I would we don't have a DVD player anywhere in this house yes, now. Yes, we do. We have a PS4. Yeah. Okay, well, that's different. I had yeah. an actual DVD player, and I used to, I had a stack of DVDs that were all my favorite movies, and I would, if I needed some background noise, I would just put in a DVD of a movie for if I just wanted something in the background. Or I would put in, if I was doing a TV show series, it was like obviously Friends, but it was on DVD. I didn't stream during those years. Those things also weren't available. I don't. I don't know how available those things were for streaming right. back But then. I guess maybe to your point about movies, I, I definitely watched movies more. I 
cared about movies more. You and I went to the theater more. Yep. I had more of an interest. I felt like I was more engaged with cinema than I uh, ever, like I, I have no interest in anything really that's in the theater other than maybe a couple movies. I would say two movies a year that come out I'm actually interested in seeing. Yeah, I don't even have conversations with people about movies anymore. It, that used to be that used to be kind of like a small talk. What movie should I go see or what movie have you been to or what movie have you watched? And you could start a conversation with somebody and now it's TV. Like we'll sit around with our friends and if we haven't seen them in a little bit, that's one of the things that typically will come up and that like everyone can talk about and they can offer their own their own perspective because there is so much on TV. That's the other thing about this list is we're gonna name five shows that someone could be listening this to this and never have watched any of them and have five completely different shows that they think are are better or that they enjoyed more or think are, are the best five shows in whatever way they want to think about it. Um, so movies have just I, like we don't. When's the last time I? What's the last movie we saw in the theaters? Well, oh, we just talked about this. We saw that Beatles movie. Yeah, we saw yesterday. Yesterday, and then the Which one before that we saw. A Star Is Born, I think, is the a one star, before that. Yep, a Star Is Born. That's six months of of time. Like I think we saw a Star Is Born probably in March. So we've seen two movies in the theaters since March, April time. Yeah. Like that's. That's I mean, crazy. we're probably not the norm. I would imagine younger people that are a little younger than us might go more frequently. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they go more frequently or they don't go at all and they just watch stuff at home. Um, the other thing that's that I thought uh, is just an interesting difference between how we watched TV growing up or in college is just the idea of a show getting all of the episodes dropped at once versus the weekly the weekly experience so for me like lost was a thing that we would watch lost was a show that people would come to work on thursday morning and want to talk about yeah and so there was that experience i did not watch it on wednesday nights because i did not want to engage with people about it because some of the theories and whatever were so ridiculous that I didn't I, I couldn't be bothered with some of the stuff that people want to talk about with Lost because it was it had gotten so off the deep I end. still have not seen that show so I would never tell anyone to watch Lost I would never tell if you have not watched it I'd say save your all I know else. is just because I mean it's not even really considered a spoiler alert at this point in time because the show is so old but I remember someone telling me the ending and then me thinking well, what is the point of watching it knowing the end? Like, because the end was so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean... We, and it was sort of so a cop-out ending. It was like kind of that cliche ending that you never want a story to have. Yeah, I, I mean, I, Ryan, my brother and I were joking around with a bunch of people one, one night at a summer camp party with like other staff. And we came up with the ending before it happened. Like Ryan and I just coming, we're like, this is this would be the dumbest way for it to end. And that's actually the last scene of the of the series is what Ryan and I kind of like cooked up out of the blue because it was it wasn't great. I would tell nobody watch Lost. 
but it was a show that everyone who was interested in it watched. You watched it. Oh, people were obsessed with it. People were obsessed with it. And now it's a completely different experience. So Game of Thrones came out weekly. We just finished watching second season of Succession. We didn't watch it on Sunday. We would watch it on Monday. And that was another thing that we would, we didn't want to keep, we didn't want to store them up. We wanted to watch it each week. And I think that experience is very different than Stranger Things, which I think we tried to, tried to spread we out We tried to time. ration it out, but and it didn't work. And then we watched the last three or four episodes all in one sitting because you get to a point where you just, you know, you, you don't want to leave one episode for the next day. So we just plowed through it. Um, which way do you like watching shows more? I, so Succession was the most recent example of that for me because for the most part, all of the other shows that I've enjoyed are binge shows that I binge watch or that are readily available. So it was nice. It was a nice reminder of how we used to consume TV shows. I mean, I'm thinking back to, so for example, uh, when uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia came out, Yep. It was really popular. That was 2005, 2006. My, I have very fond memories with, of getting together with my best friend and we would make martinis on Thursday night and we would watch that show and play board games. Like we just make it a fun night. Um, and not that that show was so, it wasn't a drama obviously. So it was um, just a fun show that you'd mimic some of the lines and then you'd have jokes you'd be able to make fun of whatever scene was from the previous episode different than like something like lost where something dramatic happens and everyone wants to talk about it and it's a spoiler alert the next day if you hear about it uh it's just a different way to watch television Grey's anatomy was another one that was like that where we'd get together as a group and watch that show as it came out Mm -hmm. uh so i i did enjoy having a weekly thing I guess, to look forward to. Um, And I liked consuming it in that slow burn style, but the writing of the show has to allow for it. So for, I think, Succession, the writing and the pace of the show allows you to consume it one at a time like that. Whereas Stranger Things, to me, the writing was, every end of an episode was just like, I can't, live with it like this i have to keep going yeah it's like a page turner yeah like you just finish a chapter and you're left wondering what's gonna happen next whereas there were those moments in succession but not there was always something that was buttoned up too so you left a little bit satisfied yeah yeah i mean that's that's kind of a a good show that you want to binge is is uh is written that way there's also like network shows. We watched Scandal this decade. Like yes. that was a show that we watched and we liked. That was definitely written for. I mean, it was a weekly show, and we would actually save up like three, two or three, and watch them on a Friday night. And it was like we were watching a movie because they're 45 minutes long, and there's no we get to skip the commercials. Um, but that show definitely like left us hanging. Yes. Um, and so you can't like. You can be, they can be written both ways. I feel like I like when it's weekly for the reasons that you said, because it creates, how many shows do we watch with other people at this point? We don't watch anything with anybody else. Well, 
What, what, that you sounds like I mean? we live lonely lives. It's just no, because it's nobody like really gets together to watch shows anymore. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying we live lonely lives. I'm just saying that one of the ways that we... T- watching TV is not a way that we would hang out with people. It's not. A, there's no appointment viewing for TV. The only show that we would watch with people is on a Monday night, and it's a two-hour-long show about finding your husband or your wife, and it's a reality show. Like That's a show that is appointment viewing that people get together and have like watch parties and watch. But there's no like I I don't know of anyone who had who had like a Stranger Things gathering and watched Stranger Things with their friends. Game of Thrones had that effect, I think, where people kind of watched it. Oh, there were Game of Thrones watch parties for sure. Kind of consumed everything all week and talked about it. Um, I feel like I like that more. I'm a two marshmallow guy. Yeah, and I'm an instant gratification girl. Right. So that it's strange for me to even say that I preferred rationing out a show I think I go both ways it depends on the show a show like Stranger Things I want to consume it all in one sitting but a show like Succession I'm okay having it be weekly yeah but I think if you if you put a gun to my head and said you this is the way you have to watch TV for the rest of your life I think I would pick weekly shows oh yeah my eyeballs would fall out there's no way you're talking about for the rest of my life. Yeah, I just it. like if, 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 you could, if you could wave a magic wand and tell TV and streaming and everybody, here's the way Tiffany says we must watch TV, you are only allowed to release shows weekly, I would be okay with that. I would say please continue as it is. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. That wasn't really part of That wasn't what I was... <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> um, so then you have shows like Fleabag that are six episodes long and just won the Emmy for best comedy. So you get these other shows that are not like 24 episode, you know, modern family monsters where you're watching almost every other night or every other week if it's 24 episodes. Um, That shows like Fleabag can be three hours of content. It's really like a little movie that's just delivered in in thirty minute segments, and people critically see that as a worthwhile, worthy show of best comedy, which I think is an interesting thing too. And that might be on a lot of people's list for best show um, or a top five show. It was really good. It was not on my list because because of one specific thing. Um, network shows versus streaming shows. So the other research I did that I wanted to quiz you on. Um, can you name the last non-network show that was, that won the Emmy for best comedy? Okay. I need, okay. So a non-network show that won best comedy series. Yeah. Let me put a little bit more on the plate. So like ABC. in In 2000, yeah. So in 2015... 16 and 17, Veep won. That's an HBO show. Yes. In 2018, The Marvelous Miss Maisel won. Amazon show. Yes. In 2019, Fleabag won. So those last three shows were all like cable or streaming. Everything from 2014 backwards. Mm-hmm. I would have to guess it'd be either, it would be either Parks and Rec or Modern Family. So those are network shows. Wait, I thought you said ABC non- doesn't count because it's regular cable. It's like regular, non-cable. No, I'm asking you which. So what's show- a non-network 
what's a non-network channel? HBO, Showtime. Oh, I was reversing it. So I had it flip-flopped. Yeah. I was thinking you were asking. Yeah, network TV is like ABC, NBC, CBS, so, Fox. Okay. Non-network is basically the premium channels. Yeah. Would AMC count? Um, FX? Does that count? they don't make, there's no comedies on those. So wait, hold on. So you're making this harder. Hulu and like Netflix shows are what we're looking at. Nope, we're looking at ABC, NBC, CBS. Like all of those shows don't count for this question. Have dominated comedy, Emmy comedy, up until Veep one in 2015. So basically, a network comedy. I need to find an. I need to think of the last HBO, Showtime, Cinemax show. Yep, because streaming did not exist when this show won the Emmy for comedy. What a long and windy road that was. Well, because it was a I bad question. Yeah. It was a bad question. Okay. It was poorly phrased. So, I guess, and it's for comedy. Um, I bet it's that. Sh- uh, God, it's a show I didn't watch. Mm-mm. It's a show. It I is a show watched. you watched. It is a show you watched. It is a show. It is a show I... you have re- you have recently kind of dabbled back into a little bit as well. Yep. Recently dabbled back into. Yeah, you you put it on every now and then. Not a not a full. Like Sex in the City. Yes. That one comedy. That is a that one the two thousand one comedy Emmy Award. Wow. Yep. So it's what you're saying is it's been a long time since. And now, yeah, like network shows dominated up until Veep in two thousand fifteen. Modern okay. Family won. Yeah, Modern Family, I knew. Dirty Rock, The Office. Everybody Loves Raymond won in 2005. Like, Ew. you want a sense of where we are. But this decade, Modern Family won five years in a row from 2010 to 2014. Yep. And then Veep won the next three, Miss Maisel in 18 and Fleabag in 19. So those are the shows that won the Emmy this decade for Best Comedy, which I just thought was an interesting kind of look at what people were watching and what people uh, went to for comedy versus drama, where drama has kind of been uh, owned by streaming and Hulu and AMC for quite a while. Can you name the last drama on a network? The last drama that ABC, NBC, Fox, or CBS uh, won the Emmy for? This was another interesting one. A Is it a show that I watched? Show. No, it was not a show you watched. Hmm. It was an. It was more like an action show that came out. Sorry, it's this is a network, network not show. okay. Yep. Network show that won best drama. The Good Wife. Nope. Not a bad guess. Twenty four. Oh God! Two thousand six, which is uh, which is interesting. So basically, what you're telling me is that in the drama category, non-network dominates. Yep, HBO, Sopranos, Mad Men, Homeland, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, Handmaid, uh, Handmaid's Tale, Game of Thrones. That makes shows. sense. So that actually coincides. I think everything that you're saying coincides with my list. Oh, good. You want to get to the lists? I think we should. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, um, you first. I'd rather have you start. Okay, great. I'll start. 
Um, my fifth. Oh, we're going backwards. Yeah, we go backwards. Okay. Gotta build up some suspense. Before we, sorry, before we get to it, can you give, can you give like a quick outline as to how you chose your shows? Like what was, because we didn't really talk about parameters or like what process we went through. We just said five favorite or whatever. Right. So I didn't have, have like a grading ideas. rubric or anything. Oh, neither did I. But just how do you think about it? How did you think about it? So I thought about it this way. I was trying to come, I was trying to approach it in the sense that what were the shows? Number one, they have to be a show, obviously, that I adored and watched completely all the way through. Yeah, these are not, yes. And these are not critical reviews that we're doing. These are just no, personally is, the shows that we love. I would decade. hope not. We're not qualified. No, we are not qualified. To give a, <laughs> we're not movie or, or we're not TV looking, show. We're not looking at it through a lens of like how things were filmed or how things were shot or like, mm. that's not how we watch TV anyways. No. We watch it for the point of entertainment. Yes, it was about entertain. It was about shows that captivated me, shows that I was, I felt very entangled with the characters of the show. But it was also, I was trying to make sure that they were shows that uh, said something about the time in which they aired. Okay, interesting. So you know, like for example, and now I'm going to give an example of a show that did not make the list, okay. but that's critically acclaimed. Yeah, Girls. Yeah. Is a critically acclaimed show. It definitely speaks to the era that it's aired. Mm -hmm. It's very specific to, uh, you know, the time period. Yep. But, and if I had watched it all the way through, which I haven't, I haven't seen every episode. Yep. I still probably would not choose it because I didn't connect with the storylines ever. Right. So it's like, I have to connect with the storyline in some way. I have to be invested in the character development. And then I also felt that the, uh, the show itself had to speak to the era that it was airing. Okay. So. Last question before we jump in. Mm -hmm. What was your process? Like, did you make a list? Did you look at anything? Did you... Did you just I made a list of all the shows that I thought were from this from the time period. Yep. Just off I, the top of your head. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went and looked up uh, Emmy Award winners okay. to, for comparison. Mm -hmm. And I realized, wow, I you know, either I'm really nailing it and I'm just like every other American, or I'm really off the map mm -hmm. uh, and far as far as my taste. But so I would look at that and then I realized, oh, some of these shows didn't take place predominantly in the last decade. Yes. So that's another piece we should, um, and then I'll tell you how I kind of chose and then you can, and then I'll give you my number five. Uh, so part of the rule was the, the show could kind of straddle the decade. I have, I allowed myself one show that started before the decade, but was predominantly in this decade and has had a, a big, I think it had a big impact on shows this decade anyways um but we kind of allowed ourselves a little bit of leeway if the show started before 2010 it just had to push far enough into the decade you couldn't pick something from like 2004 that finished in 2010 um as an example so i just made a list of all the shows that i could think of that i liked and it's funny you mentioned girls i really liked girls that's not even that didn't even make it it didn't even cross my mind when I was doing this. It, I didn't even didn't look, and I didn't look at any any award winning lists until I had 
mine picked out and I didn't let it affect or change anything. And I don't even remember seeing, I think girls was on the one at golden globe. Um, so I just went through and wrote down my shows and I kind of picked shows that I would either suggest to somebody if they were looking for something and that I would be jealous of them getting to go back and rewatch it. Yes. Like having that feeling of, I wish I could be in a time machine right now, go back and rewatch it without having any knowledge of what happens because I enjoyed it so much. Um, and then I also tried, I also thought about just kind of how the show might affect, just affected the decade or how it kind of would have stood out in the decade anyways. So I didn't do any super, I have one on here that people might not agree with me on as far as that part, but the other four I think are pretty important shows just to the decade in general. Like I think people will look back in 2030 and remember most of these shows. So my number five, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, is Game of Thrones. Wow. I yes. thought that would be high on your list. No, so it's number five. It was amazing. Um, I only read the first book, so I was pretty much going through it, not having any idea what happens or what was going to happen. Um, it is epic. It has phenomenal acting. It is... Ev- no one was safe which I, I liked. No one was safe. Um, everyone was, uh, could be killed um, at any time. And my kind of, why it's number five instead of any higher is the last season, which while it was great, I didn't really completely like it. Are you being, are you distracted right now by the guy across the... We, across, have, a, we, we have, have a neighbor that's... Who's washing his dishes right that's now. That's washing his dishes, but his, uh, it's, his kitchen sink is right below a window, and he's just staring right directly yeah. at us. You're, you're and I can't, um, I can't stop. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder what he's thinking right now. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so Game of Thrones, number five. Great show. Uh, definitely kind of captured everyone's attention for almost all the decade, which is another, which is another com- complaint, is a show like taking two years off between seasons is like that's a that's a strike in my in my book okay that's fair it it was it was very drawn out and then for it to be so drawn out and then like feel like it was rushed at the end with just those last eight episodes um i never watched the show i tried watching the first episode and there were so many characters i was completely lost yeah it's definitely hard to watch and it's from the few scenes that I've I've witnessed as you've been watching it, and I would just be home. It's gory, and there's some kind of. I mean, it's grotesque in a way, and oh, for sure. I had heard like the common complaint from people that would talk about it, even though they continued to watch it, was that characters were getting killed off left and right. You'd get invested in a character, and then they'd die. They had no. A, they had no uh, loyalty, sense of loyalty to a character. Yeah, well, it's because the writer didn't. Yes. Yeah. No, so I meant that's, that's what I meant. The yeah. writers of the show didn't. Well, the, the writer of the book didn't. Oh, okay. So the, they had to just they had to follow what he was doing. So I was like, well, this doesn't sound like the show for me. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. So I never got into it. Yeah. That's my number five. What's your number five? So my number five. Okay, keep in mind that overall. I had a hard time with number five. I had four possible options. I'm not going to list them or go into it, but essentially the, the, the important points 
are that I chose my number five because my list is overall focused on drama. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really a drama person. I'm actually a comedy person. Yep. So I was like, I have to have a comedy. I have to have something lighthearted. And the only comedy to me that fit that bill for the last decade would be Modern Family. Okay, that's fair. And the sad part is Modern Family, technically, I didn't watch the most recent season. Yep. So, so it doesn't quite fit that criteria. It doesn't quite fit my criteria, but I know wholeheartedly that the show, even in its later seasons, made me laugh. It kept me very engaged and interested and I cared about the characters. And so I wanted, I feel as though I am eventually going to watch the most recent season. So I want to include it. Yeah. It was a show we watched when we were first dating. Exactly. It also reminds me, it's a little bit nostalgic in that way because it was a, it was a weekly show that came on Wednesday nights. And that was the, when you and I first started dating and I would come over to your house and we would watch modern family and you would make me dinner. Yep. And that was sort of like a, a date night for us. Yep. And so there's that part of it too, where yeah. that particular season is tied with you and I starting our relationship. Yep. Yeah. That's a good one. It's a good show too. I think it kind of, it was the first one of, of, a, of a series of shows that came out after it, like blackish and now mixed-ish that tackle some of the, stuff that I think like 15 years ago that that show would have had a hard time sticking. Yeah. Um, Well, the comedy, a lot of the humor and it's different types of humor and different levels of humor, which is what I like about it. But it also, it's primary focus is, uh, making fun of stereotypes. Yeah. So it makes fun of the old man, hot married to a hot woman as a second wife trope it makes there's some colombian like latin jokes there's um jokes about uh uh, the gay culture there's some jokes there there's jokes about right cam is kind of a stereotypical yes has some stereotypical qualities to him the like but still apart but also loves football loves football and grew up in a farm in like missouri and yes um yeah so they they do a good job of like Hitting those stereotypes and then, but and also then making them up, and also making you realize, hey, th- no one is really a, a true stereotype. Right. Like everyone is different, and all families are different. And it's just—it's a really funny, it's just a clever show. I think it's very, all the characters are uh, uniquely uh, portrayed in a way that defies the stereotype that they're supposed to be showing. Yeah, it's always awkward when you get. The show runs long enough, and like the, the kids who are in it are like are, adults, are now? adults now. Yeah, and they're, like it, it's time for the show to end. Yeah. What's yeah. the What's the daughter's name of uh, Cam and? I can't remember Cam's husband's name. Lily. Lily, like she's she could vote. <laughs> she's <laughs> probably point. thirteen or fourteen yeah, now. She's, yeah. She looks old. Okay, number four for me. Uh, Stranger Things. God, I really wanted to put Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. I really did. Um, I, it's, I kind of battled with it too. And I am not, uh, like a, really like a sci-fi fantasy person. I don't, neither am I, I don't read a lot, but am I just, I'm looking at my list and the first two are both kind of sci-fi magical mystical shows, but that's, that's the end of, that's the end of that. Stranger Things is great. I mean, 
That show is one of my all-time favorite shows. It's one of the few shows that I managed to trick you into watching. Because I thought it was scary. Because you thought it was you thought it was scary. I watched the first season by myself, just in like I don't know how I uh, just I'd watch it when you weren't around or whatever. And then I put it on. I put the first episode on a second time, and you were walking through the living room, and you stopped, and you were transfixed by whatever the scene was. Just it looked like the 1980s, and aesthetically, I think you like that. You like that what that looks like. And you asked me what what this was, and I said, "Oh, this is Stranger Things." And you were like, "What?" Yeah, I thought this it was like a sci-fi, creepy is. show. It's it's a mystery show, and it's a suspense show, and a thriller, and kind of sci-fi. It just it 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 encompasses many genres, and it's oh, that show that is such a good show that actually did not make my top five only okay. because that's good though. I'm glad we have different. Yes. We made it so far, at least without the only box it didn't check for me was not being of the era that it's aired. What do you mean? Like, there's other than the fact that it was a one of the first incredibly successful Netflix, like a streaming service uh, produced show. Yeah, I like that was the only thing that it really ticked, and for me, that is like okay, maybe that's more on the later end of tw- of. You know, that's more than now. Like the 20, I would say, uh, it, it's going to continue into 2020. Yep. And I think that it would be something that, that would more define the, the next decade. Oh, I got, you. I got what you're saying. Yeah, okay. With in, in the assumption that it's a stre- it was a streaming show that I think got Netflix a lot more subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't okay. mean that it takes place in a different yeah. time. I don't, that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's more just like, how did the show impact the time period that it's airing? Yeah, and you don't think it has yet. Or you think it will have a bigger impact on the 20s than yes. it does the 10s yes. or whatever this decade is called. Okay, that's fair. What uh, I, what did you like about the show? Oh, God. the I love... I mean, it's 80s nostalgia, which technically... I don't remember the 80s. I don't recall the 80s. Yeah, neither do I. So maybe that's why I'm fascinated by... The eighties, because you were alive, like we were both alive we were when it babies, was going on, but we don't. But don't we don't remember it. A lot of it, and so it's fascinating to, and it also, I, I love. Uh, there's a sense of camaraderie with the kids, and you don't get the sense that it's a kid show. So they did a really good job of making you care about the lives of these children, but also the way that the 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 adults storyline impacted uh the the kids so i don't want to like talk too much about it because i really hope people who are listening who haven't seen it watch watch it it. yeah but it's the show itself to me it was suspenseful and it was believable so it's a science fiction show technically but it's believable yeah because it happens on it happens in a place that I mean, exists, exists, right? It's Never not like, when you're, you're watching the show. Not, it's not like a Star Wars sci-fi. Exactly. You're, you're just, you're planted in, in uh, Indiana and you're dealing with, with Demogorgons and monsters and all sorts also, of stuff. Also, the ki- typically child actors, they can be difficult to watch. These children are early teens, young, young boys and girl. Uh-huh. 
and are girls. That's true. Uh, yeah, because there are there are in the season the later seasons there are more young girls. Yeah. yeah. They are so incredibly talented. Yeah, they're very good. And so believable. I it's just the in fact the really the only the person I the only actor that I think kind of didn't perform as well would have been the you know the Dustin. Yeah. You know, like Dustin. Yeah. He was a he was a little bit I mean he got way better in season three. Yeah. Dustin's just kind of awkward, I think, naturally, and he's got the the voice thing which doesn't quite carry as cute when you're that little bit older, but they did a yeah. good job of still he wasn't yeah, they did a good job of still. It's just it such work. a good show. I, yeah, it's they did and they they hid a lot of little Easter eggs in there. I, it's just obviously it's nost- it's a nostalgic but it's it was so well done and you have multiple generations with storylines and they're all entangled and essentially the town the town is a is a character as well yeah. so it's just it's i don't know it's just it's a really good it's just a good show i yeah. don't want to say too much about it people should go watch it people should go watch it yeah yep all right what's your number 4 my number 4 this was tough you actually got me to watch this show. Okay. I never watched it when it was airing on television. Okay. But Did it we... is a show that aired from 2010 to 2015 and therefore is very much of that period. It's, okay. uh, do you want to take a guess? It's a drama. I... I finished it without you. I have no idea. Parenthood. Oh, okay. Okay. I think... Uh, wow, that's talk, your that's your number. F- yes, that's your number four. It took a really long time for me to to narrow that down. That's what took me so long to come out here. Yeah, Sean was trying to get everything going, and I, I was taking my time doing my homework. He, I, I. So the show, the show is very well done. Obviously, people. I was watching it a couple years ago, so the show had been done for years, and I'm crying watching the show and binging the show because it's just so good. But it, it. That's a show that for me, you you get tied into the character. You really grow attached to the characters and then you fall in love with Berkeley <laughs> too. Uh, so yeah, that one was, I think that's purely just the character. It was the characters that drew me in to that show. Yeah, it's good storytelling. It's um, super sad. And that's why I stopped watching um, the... Uh, what was, I don't even know how many. Se- I probably stopped at season three. Well, it's real. A, it's sort can- of right. It's there was. It's very real. And there was a, there was a, cancer battle that I I, I uh, tapped out. Yeah, and, you, and if you continue, continue watching it, it's anyway. It, it's it's a good show. So that's I know that that doesn't really explain much, but I think that that one for me was like, wow, these characters feel very. These are realistic portrayals of a of family. Yep. Yep, another mo- it's like modern fa- it's like the serious version of modern family yes. in some respects. Um, even down to like the old uh, grandfather being a former, you know, famous '90s actor. You have the guy who played Coach. Yes. And then you have Al Bundy in in uh, Modern Family. All right, number three. You're gonna do number three because I did I did I started with five and four. So why don't you give us your number three and then I'll give my number three. Okay, my number three is Sherlock. This would be the uh, series that began in 2010. It was a mini series. So each season was three episodes. Yeah, three long episodes. And they they were usually about an hour and a half long. Yeah. 
So each episode was technically more like a movie, mm-hmm. but it had Benedict Cumberbatch before he was, you know, the cinema, the great cinema, American cinema actor that we know of him as now. Um, and I am, a, I am a, of course, a fan of the books. So for me, this show was everything I needed. It was all of the the stories come to life, but in a modern and more digital way. Yeah. London is such a great... Yes. London is such a great character in it. Like you, you said that, um, like Stranger Things, that town is... Hawthorne is... Uh, Brian Hawthorne is the name of the town. Mm-hmm. Hawthorne is, the, is a character. London is definitely a character. Very much and, so. And like London's just such a cool city that we went... We spent part of our honeymoon there and did the whole Sherlock Holmes... Yeah, we had to go to Baker Street. Traipsed all over all over the city. We had to. Sherlock Holmes self guided tour, which was, which is awesome. Yes, continue. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, so that so that show already had all the makings for something that I would like. Yep. But then you add in Benedict Cumberbatch, who was outstanding as Sherlock Holmes. I completely reimagined. I was like, wow, this character. He is this character. He's. I didn't realize it at the time, but this is the man that I've been envisioning whenever I've read the stories. So his relationship with Watson, and they don't technically go, you know, the show does not follow. It's set in the modern time. Yeah. So it doesn't actually follow the true Sir Arthur Conan Doyle stories, but it takes little elements of all of the stories and combines them sometimes into one episode. So for me, those were like little Easter eggs to find. It was like, ooh, this Second is from... Easter egg reference. I know, sorry. <laughs> sorry, yeah. But those, that, if you have read the books and you're very familiar with the, with the books and then you watch the show, even though it's set in a modern day, you can pick up on many of the hidden uh, nods to the original text. Yeah, right. They have, there's little things in each homages if, if you will yes and so. if you don't even if you haven't read the books you haven't read the I have books, not read the books no. and you enjoyed the show oh yeah it's, it was awesome yeah we that was another so that was one that we couldn't really find on any sort of streaming service i think we bought on we had to iTunes. buy yeah we had to buy that um and that's that says something because we typically will will not buy anything on itunes or amazon we will watch stuff because I think it was services. a BBC, wasn't it a BBC show originally? It was, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that's who, I think that's who it was. Um, yeah, a guy who played Watson, who played Watson is great. He was in the British office. Uh, he's in, he, I can't remember, I can't grab his was name Was he right in now. the Christmas movie? What's that? Um, he was in Love Actually. Love Actually, wasn't he? No, not Love or Actually. Or was that the other guy that I'm thinking of? The Was he not in Love Actually? He, Did he play with he the He played a character, he played the character in some movie that was like a stand-in for nude scenes. Yeah, that was Love Actually. That was Love Actually, right, okay. Because yeah. he kind so of like has a crush actually. on the girl that he's in the scenes with. Yes, yeah. yeah. So they're, um, okay, Sherlock. That kind of popped into my head and I wasn't sure if it should. So I think technically it, it was an one. HBO show. So that would technically be a non-network show. Oh, that's not what I mean. I was just I was thinking about the how how the show is built as like three episodes. Yeah, and they, they took as a TV, they as took a, a year and a half series. between seasons because Benedict was doing everything else. Was doing everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Breaking Bad. I figured it'd be on there. Uh, another show you have not watched, a show that maybe it seems too stressful for me. <laughs> Breaking Bad is kind of like Stranger Things in that it started. 
before the turn of the decade. So this Stranger Things are Breaking Bad started in in uh, two thousand eight, I believe, and ran through to two thousand thirteen. I think um, season one, yeah, two that it aired in two thousand eight, March of two thousand eight. This show is, I mean, obviously, we're just kind of saying it, they're so good because they're what we what we love. But this show uh, is another one that kind of very rarely do you go through a any sort of movie or TV show where you just watch the bad guy develop. Um, and that's what happens here. You start with... So does your, you, so you you're saying like the ca- protagonist becomes the antagonist? Yeah, so Walter White, who's Brian Cranston's character, is a teacher who finds out he has cancer and to pay the medical bills, he starts cooking meth. And, and as he's cooking meth, he gets sucked into the world of drug dealers and... Slowly but he's making good meth because he's a scientist. Yes, and so that's that's how he gets really sucked in as people start wondering who this guy is who's making this meth that is better than everybody else's meth. And obviously the people who are trying to sell meth who aren't making Walter White's meth are pissed because there's this new guy in town. Um, and so he's keeping it a secret from everybody. And so there's dealing with his wife and his family and laundering money and lying to everybody and dealing with drug dealers and dealing with uh, a deadbeat um, and Jesse Pinkman who is Aaron Paul Aaron Paul plays who you he was on TV the other day we were watching when he was talking about the movie because the movie just came out and you were like who is that guy you oh yeah yeah um, and the movie just came out I am I've made the decision at least as of right now to not watch the movie because people have been underwhelmed by it and they feel like the way this also this show just ended well it just you kind of finished exactly you would rate it as one of the best finales it's one of the best finales yeah it, like it, there's some there's some closure to it while also leaving questions and feeling like that his the world is going to continue on and whatever like you can kind of imagine things happening next but also you have an understanding of like the things that have been have been tied off and finished, um, which I like. Brian Cranston is incredible. Um, I wish you would want to watch it because it's a show I would. You would rewatch I would it. Rewatch it, yeah. Especially now. What like, would the, the in, what would the stress level be for me? And so, do you think I could get through season one and not watch season two as it ramps up? So I don't know what you think the stressful parts are. So I've just heard that it gets. It so I I experience when I know that a character is like on the verge of getting in big trouble or getting caught with something, I experience some sort of secondhand anxiety over it. Uh-huh. So it becomes kind of a stressful show for me to watch. Okay. So is that is it always like there's always something looming over this guy's head at every minute or Yeah, do- he's in da- I mean, he's not in danger all the time, but or does it, does it more come to that in the later seasons? No, it's 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 pretty quick. I mean, his brother-in-law is a policeman. Okay. Um. So like he is immediately all like every scene he is on the. If edge. the first episode captures me, I'll watch it. Okay. Then you should watch the first episode. I think the thing you won't like about it is like the drugs and the and Ooh, drug use. Yeah, I, I that typically makes you uncomfortable. You don't like needles and syringes. No, and, I don't at all. And like people being 
kind of people just being like yeah uncomfortably high dangerously high sick like you don't like those types no, of no that's the scene in um almost famous that i can't deal with right the quaalude scene yeah and we yeah. got like, i always have to got, fast like, forward two minutes that. into dallas buyers club and you are out yeah can't do it um, something about it i don't know why yeah that's fine i don't like i don't like those things either but i can i can uh I can kind of separate myself from them. Um, number two. My number two? I'll give my number two. Okay. I, I think wonder a, if this is on your list. I think a lot of people will agree with you on Breaking Bad, though. Yeah, people might have it higher. Um, my number two is Broadchurch. Mm, I was really struggling with that one. Um, I put Broadchurch on here because it is not a show that a lot of people have watched. It is a detective show that is set in the like, English ocean side. Um, it has... Um, some phenomenal, phenomenal acting. Uh, David Tennant. David Tennant is God, in it. He's and, unbelievable. And so is uh, Olivia Coleman, who has won you know, it. Has just like taken off, and this is not where she started because it was. You know, no, she was a very well established. But she's now definitely on everybody's radar as one of the best people to, or one of the best actresses around. Um, I like how it's organized. Like each season is doesn't stand alone but each season has a very distinct thing that happens whereas sometimes like breaking bad i couldn't really tell you what happened in season three versus what happened in season four okay you know what i mean just like it all kind of blended together um but broad church i feel like the i could i could boil down season one season two and season three in a couple sentences for each of the seasons just because it is very much contained but also like really well done and very dramatic and well acted and beautifully shot um it's like just the scenery is incredible the story is incredible um it's a show that i tell anyone who's looking for a show to watch that they should watch it it also sent us in this like spiraling world of watching other shows that are like it so we watched shetland yes we watched happy valley the fall um the fall so watching that show kind of gave us put us opened up this whole kind of world of other shows that we well specifically british shows yeah yeah but still i mean yeah i i didn't watch breaking bad and then end up like watching other shows that were like breaking bad or i didn't watch like game of thrones is gonna make me watch something else whereas Broadchurch had that effect um and I'm always jealous of people who haven't watched it because it's definitely a show that I would I would love to go back and watch without any knowledge because there's there is a piece of it that like you don't want to re- it's not a show I don't I don't think I would rewatch it because there is just the suspense behind it's a crime drama so there's things that you're kind of learning and they're peeling back the onion a little bit at a time. I wholeheartedly agree with that choice. <gasps> Sean. Speak of phone call. Sorry. Didn't put it on silent. I can't put it on silent. It's the laptop. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I completely agree with that. I, I struggled between that one and then the one I ended up choosing. But I love your reasoning that it led us to watch so many other phenomenal uh, BBC shows. Yeah, for sure. Even David Tennant. I mean, even following him. Yeah, and we, to have any, we didn't even watch David Tennant in his most iconic famous role which is Doctor Who exactly which is not a show that yeah we, that's something that's we haven't watched watch. yet I tried and couldn't do it it's too campy for me uh, your number two my number two is it 
was between this and Broadchurch. Oh, okay. True Detective. Oh, I had that Season one. So you're being specific. This is what made it not count on my list. This is why it got the boot. Yes. So that's why I struggled because season one and season three are tied together and they're so well done. And then I read a piece online that explained why season two was so, was a flop essentially. So, okay. So I'm going to just explain why I think True Detective should be my number two. That's what you should do. Okay. So for me, this show was the beginning of the TV is bigger than cinema movement. Like that wave. Okay. So like for me, this was the first TV series. I know that, I know that there probably were others, but for me personally, this was the first TV series that in my mind starred people that were what I considered big screen guys, like Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. To me, those guys were movie guys. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. And to hear like, wait, they're in a mini, like a, a TV series. This is interesting. And also, I'm into detective shows. I'm into detective, like, novels in general. And this... A lot of true crime in your life. A lot of true crime in my life. Um, so this was just such a... It was such a different type of detective show. It wasn't traditional. It got into things that I'm not typically drawn to, like the occult. And <laughs> that's good. That's good to know. Well, like, no, but You're some not... people are interested in yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And I'm not, that's not my category. Yeah. I'm interested in weird, spooky mysteries, but I'm not interested in necessarily the occult. Um, and you know, Matthew McConaughey had been, I think for me and any girl my age, he's like a rom- he's your rom-com guy. Yeah. He's your sexy rom-com guy. He was in 10 things. Um, or How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. He was in The Wedding Planner, Fool's Gold, Failure to Launch. Um, in his more dramatic roles, he was in A Time to Kill. He was in Magic Mike. <laughs> Not really a dramatic role, but you know what I mean. Like He was in all these other shows that were so different from True Detective. Movies. Or, yeah, movies. Yeah. He was in movies. So that's where I thought True Detective kind of fit in that de- definitive, you know, it, it made us a, a mark in the 2010s television scene to me. So that's why I chose it. And then I read an interesting snippet. Um, Hopefully I can cite my source. Probably can't. Yeah. So unfortunately, I don't know where I read this. But I read that the the, the, uh, president of HBO took responsibility for season two of True Detective being so different and completely unsuccessful. And essentially, he had said he put a lot of pressure on Nick Pizzolatto. I guess Nick Pizzolatto is the creator of or the writer of the show. And he put a lot of pressure on him to recreate season one very quickly. So season two came out the following year. Yeah. And he put so much pressure on him to do it that quickly, and I think he wanted it to be different, and it, it was way different, and no, not many people were really into it. And then the president of HBO, which I can't find his name now, he ended up resigning. Okay. So, like, quickly after that. So then season three took a while. Like, season three was just this year. Yeah, it was last spring. Yep. And it was connected back to season one in a way it had that same flavor 
that's just that's because of where they put it as well like LA season 2 was in LA and I, they were just trying to do something different than what season 1 was at least they didn't want to I think if they had tried to do season 3 right after season 1 people would have been like oh we just watched a show in the south with like weird racial tension and spooky long so views of it's interesting the whole racial tension part so that so they they chose um Originally, season three, that character, and I can't pronounce his name, Ali... Uh, Marisha, Marishala? Marashi, yeah, I know who you're talking about. So... We don't want to... Well, we already I butchered. Know. I don't want to butcher his name. He's a phenomenal actor. He, uh, he actually pushed to get that role because that role was going to go to a white person. Okay. And he was heavily pushing to be cast, and he even sent pictures of his grandfather in a police uniform... I guess, and was trying to say, listen, the show can be so much deeper if you actually conquer some of the racial things that were going on at the time. Like, think of how more, how much more complex your character would be, this detective who is an African-American man and is interviewing people who are not the same race. And he's in a position of authority having to deal with yeah, right. I mean, all of that. I just think if if, if it was this, if they went season two and then what happened in season three right after, I think people would have also. I, I loved season three, but I also loved season three because I was I was like, I wanted season two to be good, and we didn't even watch season two beyond one episode. Yeah. Um, but I also don't know if we would have loved season season three as much if it was season two right after season one and the turnaround was as fast i mean there's only so much of that stuff you can like really watch and when i say that stuff i don't mean the racial stuff i just mean like everything there was a lot of connection between just how it was shot the vibe that they wanted to give off and like you know in the south in the 50s well 60s 70s 80s 90s i mean it spans that show spans like 35 years um it's amazing. And I wrote it and I didn't put it on. It was the last show that came to my mind. It came into my mind this week while we were driving and listening to that podcast about um, so about Louisiana. Someone mentioned Louisiana and I remembered like, oh my gosh, I didn't think of True Detective. But then I didn't put it on because I wrote, it's, it says right here in front of me, True Detective, parentheses, season two is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I didn't put So it I'm isolating it. So... Yeah, so I think for season one and season three alone, and then the fact that HBO essentially admitted that season two was a mistake, yep. that to me was enough to keep it in. And the okay. show is, season one is just so good. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it, it just stands And it was so different. It was so different for 2014. Yep. So that's my, that's that's my number, number two. two. Yeah. Uh, number one, do you want to do like a countdown from three and we would just say ours at the same time and then we talk about each one sure. all right ready three two one Mad chernobyl Men. what yep no i'll never watch it <laughs> that's fine that's fine you don't have to watch it you should but you i don't need know. to stay up at night over that so Mad Men was on my list but i disqualified it for the um it straddles the decade yeah, right? but predominantly, it went from 2007 to 2015. Yeah, for sure. I and, and they did the same thing as Game of Thrones where they waited like two and a half years between the, the, the last couple seasons. 
So I already had Breaking... I left Breaking... Breaking Bad was my one before 2010 show. So Mad Men was disqualified. Um, I'm shocked you didn't put Veep. Veep was on my list. I really like Veep. Um, But... It's not a show I finished yet either. It's I like I haven't found myself going back to want to finish it. I'm not sure why. The show is hilarious. It's great. Definitely an honorable. If no one's watched Veep, you should go watch Veep. I had no comedies on here, and I just thought like screw it. I'm just gonna. I could I could do a whole five of my favorite comedies as a different as maybe a blog post. Um, Chernobyl is so good and so riveting. They the fact that it's a show that I already knew what happened and I was still watching it interested and terrified and confused and angry and wanting to know more and like listening to podcasts about it afterwards. And um, I like it's just it is so good. It is so scary. Um, it gives a really good picture of what that time period in the world was. Um, it's five episodes. It's on HBO. It is beautifully shot. Um, I, I like I'm talking about it right now makes me like anxious. I get this like pit in my stomach because it's so good and it's so nerve wracking and so unnerving. It messes with my nerves. Yeah, you. So what's interesting here is that between my number one and your number one, we have a character in common or an actor in common. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Gary uh, Harris, Jared Harris. I think that's right. Jared, Jared Gerald Harris. Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Who plays Lane in Mad Men. Yes. And he plays, um, he plays a scientist in, in, uh, in Chernobyl. And they both have similar fates. They have the exact same fate, which is really crazy. Which we won't talk about because you should watch Mad you Men watch and both. you should watch Chernobyl. Yes. Although in Chernobyl, you see his fate a minute into the whole thing. Oh, so watch Mad Men first. Watch Mad Men first, yeah. <laughs> Definitely watch it first. Yeah. Um, Mad Men, amazing show. God, the cast <laughs> so alone. John Hamm, John Slattery, Elizabeth Moss, Christina Hendricks. God, I mean, and, and then so many others that came later. But the core, the core cast is superb. Yeah, Guy Plays Campbell is great. Yeah. Right, what's his name? Oh, his, he has a... He hasn't really been anything else. I haven't really seen No, him he's around. been in other things. Someone's going to correct us on that. Yeah. It's, I, mean, um, I think it's won like 16 Emmy Awards. The show is incredibly successful. Uh, is it Matthew Weiner? Mm-hmm. Is so OCD about the script and the secrecy of the script and the props and the scenery, the setting. It's beautifully shot. It's so, uh, it's so historically accurate and authentic. Yeah. It's uh, it, the costumes, the hair, everything in the styling of the show. Almost, it actually for a period of time, I think, and especially from like, I would say, if you look at 2010, 2012, when it was at its peak, it influenced fashion. That oh, show sure. influenced fashion. Yeah, it, it influenced a lot of things. I mean, it really brought some of that stuff back the skinny ties and the thinner suits and the uh the the midi length dresses and that even the color palette it's just an incredible show so fashion wise philandering you know all oh my god well that's already been a thing (laughs) but there and i mean oh god 
John Hamm and his his relationship with Elizabeth Moss and how that story arc, like I said that character development to me, like feeling attached to the characters was a big thing. So when you get to grow with a character or you like, you feel that you are watching them grow up, you got to watch Elizabeth Moss grow up in a way. Like she is such a different Peggy from season one all the way to the finale. Mm-hmm. And you feel it. You feel it. Like you yeah. just feel the connection with uh, Christina Hendricks and the character that she played. Uh, again, watch the pilot and carry it through to some of the some of her story arcs. I, like I, she's such a uh, complex character. Yeah. And your perception of her changes through the seasons. I just, I just love the. Sh- I mean, nobody can really argue with how brilliant of a show it is no it's, it's a great show my argument is it it just it i had one you think one it started show. too early I, I i wanted one show and it was between breaking bad and Mad Men because i didn't want two shows that kind of started before uh the decade so i went with breaking bad and i'm glad that i mean we don't have we don't have any crossover not really. I, no, not, not really. We could we have. have. No, we were close to um, having some. Right, but we didn't. So we just we just talked about 10 different shows that we liked over the course of the last, you know, 12 years of, of TV. Um, so I just want to give a couple shout-outs to shows that I wrote down as well, and then we can we can go. Um, so you mentioned Veep. Another show I have on my list is Succession, I think is great, but I think it's going to be, it's probably going to be a show that, like we talked about, will go into the next decade and have a, a good impact and maybe be a show we talk about in 10 years when we do this again. Um, Big Mouth. Mm-hmm. A hilarious uh, cartoon on Netflix. John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. Fleabag is outstanding. I put Scandal on here. Silicon yeah. Valley. Silicon Valley is really good. Um, and True Detective. Those were the shows that when I sat down and like made my list were the ones that I didn't have to look up. Those were, those were them. So mine uh, was Friday Night Lights, which I haven't seen. But I thought... Did that, that starts earlier, I think. It started earlier, but it up. won Emmys in the tw- the early 2010. Yeah, because it, it started or it in was like nominated. 07 or 08 and made it, I think, to... It also had a rough patch of time where no one wanted to watch it. And show a show that I have seen and really loved, and it almost qualified, but just not en- enough, was The Good Wife. Okay. So Scandal I also had, too. Yeah. Because Scandal was... I, we loved that show so much. Yeah. Just like... it. I mean, it's just a kind of a guilty. Pleasure. It's a guilty pleasure. It's Shonda. Rhymes just hooks you, and she knows what she's doing. Yeah, she's a pro. Good, good pace, good characters. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, decade, our decade of TV is done. We can put a bow on it. Great. That's it. And so then, uh, next week we will be covering. Next week we'll be covering something else, and you'll just have to you'll have to wait. You have to tune see, in and find out. In. Um, again, if you uh, have agreements or disagreements, Instagram, we are the random division at on Instagram or the random division pod at Gmail. If you want to write us something with a little bit more meat, um, you can add attachments, uh, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever, oh whatever Tiff wants. Uh, so thanks for listening. Uh, and until next time, we'll talk at you later. Yeah, we'll talk at you next time. Bye.